Network. Hi, this is Devin Track from the Freakers Network. Today we bring you another episode of Nerd Herders. In this episode, the hosts sit down and talk about some video game franchises from the 80s and 90s and so forth that they'd like to see updated for modern PCs and consoles. We hope you enjoy the show. Half-witted, scruffy-looking nerf herder. I'm a nerd, and uh, I'm pretty proud of it. I know they're all thinking I'm so white and nerdy. Think I'm just too white and nerdy. Think I'm just too white and nerdy. Can't you see I'm white and nerdy? Look at me, I'm white and nerdy. He's playing burger time, and I was like, "Why are you putting money in something we have in our basement?" But he was like, "I want to set all the high scores." I'm like, I wonder if I could just hide from the world for like five days and just play this game nonstop. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, this is going to be interesting. <laughs> when Steno starts acting up on us, have him committed. Have him committed. We are. We are. We are. The Nerd Herders. Scruffy looking. Hello and welcome to episode 118 of Nerd Herders, your podcast home for all things geeky. My name is Ian Clark. I'm Dave. I'm Andy. I'm Matt. All right, we are back. It's uh, It's been a little while, but we are back. It's episode 118, and tonight we're going to talk about some video game stuff and catch up on what we have been doing over the last month or two. So, guys, do you have any business before we start the regular segments? Anything going on? Anything we should talk about? Well, let's tell Dave what we're going to talk about so he has a couple minutes to get ready before we start talking about it. Oh, I'm sure change? No, no. Well, Dave's very prepared. I'm sure he's he's ready. Okay. Right, Dave? If it's the same thing that we said we were talking about. Yeah. Ooh, this is going to be interesting. <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah, I won't, I won't even intro it. I'll just go to Dave first, and he'll be like, <laughs> he'll be Baseball! Return of the Jedi! <laughs> awesome. Awesome. So, some things have happened. Andy, Andy uh, got married. When... That is true. I got married, and I got married by Dave. Yeah, baby. Yeah. Dave's I first... It. I'll tell you. I'll tell you what. Dave, as a kind of justice of the peace, has some very interesting abilities. Um, oh yeah, it's that, great. I love it. That we're gonna we're gonna take advantage of in the future. I think um, when Steno starts acting up on us, have him committed. Have him committed. Yep. We've uh, we've got some. Dave's got some interesting powers in that. Uh, it'll be that it'll be role. dual verified because I'm a JP too. So two people yeah. say he has to be committed. You can't do anything about it. I don't have battle with the judges. Locked up. <laughs> wow. Yeah, so I did uh, I did get married, and uh, Dave, uh, in fact, Dave's whole family was part of the ceremony. So uh, that was very nice and had a very enjoyable honeymoon out on the uh, West Coast. Um, but that did mean that I didn't do as much gaming uh, in the month of uh, June and July. Yeah, that's Okay. All right. Anything else? Uh, that, that's a pretty important thing. Anybody else have anything that comes close? I don't think any of us have. I got puppies. That's uh, that's what's going on in our house. We have total chaos because we got two new puppies, uh, one eight weeks old and one 14 weeks old. They are two rescues that came through programs from down south, so we are adjusting to all of that. We now have three dogs. We have our... Um, 
nine or ten year old rescue uh, shepherd and lab mix that we've had for for quite a while. And unfortunately, in June we lost our older dog who we'd had for 17 years. So it was uh, you know we had our, our little bit of uh, mourning time and then decided you know what let's get let's get a puppy and we accidentally got two puppies. So things we accidentally crazy. get two puppies. Well, in the process of applying for the adoption for our first choice, we were still looking at other dogs, and when our application went through, they said, okay, you should know that this dog has a pending adoption already, so, you know, we'll we'll keep you posted if anything happens. We didn't hear anything for a while, so we moved forward with our second choice puppy, and after that had been locked in and we were told that we were getting that second choice puppy, the first choice puppy people came back to us and said, hey, that other adoption fell through. You can have this other puppy. So Nice. Yeah, I mean, I had kind of talked about it. She was like, you know, when we started to go forward with the second one, she was like, what happens if they come back to us and, and tell us that we can have the first one? I said, well, I think that means that it's meant to be for us to just get two puppies. So that's how we ended up with two puppies. <laughs> so Nice. But, but they're cute, and they're adapting, and the older dog's doing well with them. The cats are not pleased. They're pretty much in seclusion, so they'll, it'll take a but, little while for them to... But your cat will have another dog to lick its butt. Yeah, that's the other thing that, that'll be interesting is that one cat, the younger cat, she was a kitten when we got her, and so the older lab dog uh, pretty much adopted her, and so that cat and, and Sadie, the older dog, are best friends. They like they clean each other and they sleep together. They're they're super like close. So these new puppies, it's that it's kind of thrown everything off. So I do feel bad for the cat because she's going to have some adjusting. And then the older cat, Gizzy, he's super mellow and chill, and he's like he he does not care. So as long as the puppies don't try and eat him, he'll he'll be okay. He barely comes downstairs anyway. So so it's puppy chaos here. Dave and his family came over to see all the puppy chaos yesterday. So. Yeah, they're pretty cute. Yeah, and the puppies are too. True. So that's what's going on in my life. Uh, anybody else? Currently, humanity looks to the Internet for its information. We have stood at the edge of despair and would have fallen. If not for awesome podcasts and their content of everything we love, now these podcasts are all brought together in one place. Forged in like-mindedness, tempered with a community-oriented forum, covering all things geek, such as wargaming, board gaming, comics, movies, and more. Presenting a lineup of podcasts producing exclusive content for the fans. The Freebooters Network. Trolls want to steal our community. Let them try. Alright, let's start the show. All the wings report in. Red leader standing by. Gray leader standing by. Green leader standing by. Luck has falls and attack positions. Alright, welcome into Roll Call. This is where we discuss the things we've been up to over the last period of time that has passed since the previous podcast episode. And there's a whole bunch of stuff, so we're going to end up forgetting it. Uh, let's go Let's go to Andy, since he didn't have a ton of stuff. Let's see what Andy's been up to. Oh, man, this is going to be tough. All right, so I've been playing – let's see, what, have I, what did I get to play? Oh, I got to play um, a new game with you and Dave, actually, two weeks ago, 
played the latest version of Thunderstone, right? Thunderstone? Yes. Yes, Thunderstone. Took a little while to set up. I think the first run through went a little while, but I like it better than the older version of it. Uh, I think it has some replayability. It has a box, as Ian said, was voted number one by Cats in America as the best gaming box to play in. This box is huge. Yeah, it weighed a metric ton. That thing. That Thund- thing uh, sorry, is it Thunderstone Quest? Is that what it's called? Thunderstone Quest, yes. So yeah, I backed it on Kickstarter. I did like the old Thunderstone game. I had backed it a long, a while back too. That was towards the end of like when I was backing a ton of stuff on Kickstarter, and it's just been sitting in the basement. So we had a little bit of time before 40k started, so brought that along. Um, so we had a chance to to play that. So that was kind of neat. Trying to work back in time from there. Um, I will just to just to piggyback real quick on, yeah. on Thunderstone. I wasn't a huge fan of the original. Overall, deck builders aren't usually my my thing because I feel like they can feel the same and you don't really get much of the flavor. I felt like in the Thunderstone Quest it, it felt more like a like a dungeon dive type of game, uh, more so than just a, a kind of a generic deck builder. So I, I actually had a lot of fun with it. What it reminded me of is the kind of the new expansion for uh Hero Quest. Was it is it the card game there? What's that one? Oh, Hero Realms. Hero Realms. Thanks, Ian. So it felt a little bit like the campaign, or not the campaign, but the kind of the co-op or like against the, against the dungeon, uh, style of that. But what I like, what I like about it is you can, you're not stuck with a particular character at the beginning. You can kind of choose. And the game, I think the game, if, if we play a game, will have a lot of variety because each time you play, you can, you can, I think for each class so there's four classes like fighter wizard thief and cleric you have multiple kind of versions of each of them and then you have multi-class characters as well so you have a lot of different opportunities to kind of how you want to run through and the dungeon was neat because the dungeon had a mechanic where if you didn't have certain character types you couldn't go it would be tougher to go into certain rooms dave you ended up winning by like a point right or did ian win uh, no, I, I didn't I win. Might have won by a point. I know yeah. we were all seemed, close. Yeah, yeah. It was funny because I felt like I had run away with it a little bit, but then I did see uh, I, there were some different ways of getting points. And yeah, I think we were all within. You know, no, I know you points. were. I know you were a point ahead of me. I just couldn't remember if Ian was ahead of you. No, I think uh, it was something like it was something like you know forty six, forty five, and forty two or something. Yeah. We were all we were all right there. Yeah, so that was so I like that, and I hadn't I hadn't played a you know like a card game like that or even a board game in a while, so so that was a lot of fun because most of what I've been doing has been you know playing on the on the PC just because that's what I have time to do when I'm at um, kind of at the end of the day, so playing Total War, Warhammer, BattleTech, Stellaris, what else? Oh, Frostpunk. Uh, so just, you know, again, it, just a bunch of different games, but that's where most of my time has been spent. I think that's other than uh, kind of the two, excuse me, the two sessions of D&D, I think that's really been it for me. Yeah, our new, uh, our new D&D campaign. Yeah, I was going to let you talk about it. And Brand then I, new. I, I could jump in. But, yeah, right. that's uh, that's been me for the last couple months. All right. Uh, let's go to Dave. Well, I tried this new card game. Uh, Thunderstone Quest. That was a lot of fun. I don't know. What have I been doing? God, I feel like I just... You're you're in a Pathfinder group now. Yes, our Starfinder group gave up. (laughs) 
which I think, um, I actually think Starfinder and Pathfinder aren't remarkably different. I think what's different is that there's just a lot more content for Pathfinder, and uh, that coupled with the fact that I think there is something to be said for the way the human imagination works. When you tell somebody you're fighting an orc or you've got this magical dagger, I think that's just easier for the imagination to take hold than when somebody is like, oh, you're fighting a, you know, alien dog with tentacle heads with your laser pistol. Plus, um, Greg can only kill one guy around in Starfinder. Well, but Greg also did have another point. He's like, it's cool when the when the Dungeon Master says, here's your scimitar of plus one, as opposed to, here's your XP 32 pulse. Right. right. Pulse what? Like, pulse radar? Like, is it for the ship? Is it like, what? pulse what? Yeah. So, yeah, he said that was the hardest thing, is that wasn't even necessarily bad guys. It was even loot. Like, yeah. what am I shooting? Yeah, so I think, um, but I was having fun with it, but I, I do... Um, but I was fine to switch to, honestly. And, uh, yeah, I have to admit, Pathfinder, you know, it's a lot of fun. Uh, tons. I mean, there is just so much content. It was a little bit overwhelming, but still fun. Obviously, Ryan does a great job of having – he's built a game table with a TV built into it. So all the maps are, you know, colorful and move around and zoom in and out and lots of different kind of things happening there. Uh, so that's fun. Actually, Dave, can I jump in real quick? I forgot that I played your character in Pathfinder. Yeah, go for it. So I got to play Dave's character. Dave sent me this awesome write-up of, like, what the inspiration for that character is. It's a, it's a half-orc thief. Dave says he doesn't, he doesn't talk a lot. Like, he's a little, you know, he has low charisma, but he's also kind of, you know, he doesn't feel like getting in conversations with people. Mostly kind of responds with, like, grunts, uh, and stuff. And I was playing him just like that for as long as I could, basically just saying things like money sounds good, like until there was a point where I was trying to talk to another member of kind of the criminal syndicate, and I don't do many accents, but the one that I do well is the southern, uh, a southern gentleman. So Dave's, Dave's half no, no, I say, I say. <laughs> you mean Foghorn Leghorn. Yes, I do. <laughs> or the hyper chicken on uh, Futurama. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now, no, 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 let, 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 let me explain. Uh, so, uh, needless to say, Rafe and Greg couldn't control themselves by, by, by the time we were done with that. Um, Ryan was threatening to make Dave use the southern accent for the rest of uh, the sessions, but... Yeah, so needless to say, Dave's character will probably be going back to grunts just to uh, avoid having to to use a southern accent. But yeah, Pathfinder is interesting. There were some different. I had never played, um, so there were some little subtleties. Um, but for the most part, it, it felt very similar to to D and D. But Dave's right. Uh, Ryan did a cool job with the the uh, the setup that they have there with his table and stuff. This last week they are this last weekend they just released the beta rules for the next version of Pathfinder. Oh, that's right. Uh, Three point five point two. Yeah, for, <laughs> for sixty two. bucks, you can see the beta rules. Yeah, uh, yeah. We were we were talking about that because Rafe was going out to Gen Con. Uh, we were talking about you know whether or not he was going to pick it up. Um, they have a couple things. copies at uh, Midgard. Yeah, I think it's one of those things where I, like I don't play enough that I'd wait, but I you know I I love flipping through rule systems anyhow. So 
No. I, just, I wouldn't spend $60 on a beta rule set. That's going to no. change. No. Yeah, they did that with the Star Wars well, Fantasy they, Flight. They did, too. That, um, oh, no, they yeah. gave that one away, I think, when you're no, like, on the beta. Uh, the well, beta. Myriad had some for sale. I don't know if they were actually, you know. I'm pretty sure they gave If you went yeah, to the oh, Fantasy no. Flight. Yeah, because I, I got one at the Fantasy right. Flight report. Yeah, I th- it's you know it's too bad that you guys you know didn't keep going with with Starfinder and we you know Andy's one that he was running we only played the one so far I I wonder too if it if it lends itself to a one off type of thing like if you've got a Saturday and you guys can you know everybody can sit around for ten hours and you know just kind of bang out a a fun you know single adventure or something like that it because I think there are a lot of systems that lend themselves to to one-offs much more so than full-on campaigns you know and I, I think like this like Star Wars like I'd like to do a, a one-day Star Wars d6 you know where we just it's just one day and you you know because as much as I love Star Wars I think it's hard to maintain a campaign in that setting because you know everybody knows it real well so that on one hand makes it easy but on the other hand, you know, if you're trying to fit into a certain timeline, especially if it's within the movies we know, then, you know, there are certain things that aren't going to happen. You guys, your your party's not going to go up against Darth Vader and kill him. You know, the, those things just can't happen. So um, so I think you're restricted. So that one kind of kind of lends itself to that. And, you know, there's still other stuff. I'd love to do a superhero one sometime, especially with that cipher system, the Monty Cook system that uh, I think Dave, Andy, and I all have the rules for. Yep. We gotta run a Star Wars D6. We're all gonna play kids. <laughs> yep, you're you've escaped from the space orphanage, and uh, right. it's basically uh, Annie in space. Yep, that's gonna be awesome. Um, so yeah, I just um, I think some systems for whatever reason just it's harder to get into a long term campaign, and I, th- I think you hit the nail on the head, Dave, with it being tougher to visualize some stuff. You know, right. Like and aliens and whatever, you know, there's so many things. And it's cool that they've, they've built a huge world. I think Piazzo's done a great job with it. But, again, you're like, well, this is a Sheeran, and it looks like this. And it's a, whereas, you know, like you said, it's like, all right, you, there's ten kobolds sitting around. You're like, all right, I know what a kobold looks like. So Right, yeah, I think it's, yeah, it's a little easier. And even, you know, like the loot is a good example, right? Like most people can imagine leather armor, padded armor, plate mail, chain mail. You're kind of like, oh, I could. <laughs> figure all that out yes matt we don't need your <laughs> fantasies but um it's but a fantasy yeah setting. fantasy setting but yeah when you start reading about uh some of the different different things but anyway i i enjoyed it i thought it was fun i like sci-fi more anyway but um you know it really wasn't a huge deal to me uh the other thing that i did um i i don't know if you guys took part in the steam summer sale this year but um i had some just uncanny ability to avoid buying anything, um, which I sort of regret. But I did finally break down XCOM 2 War The Chosen went on sale. And I think I leave this game on in the background a lot. According to Steam, I have 900 hours logged on XCOM 2. <laughs> I don't think that's wow. true. I would guess wow. I – but I would I would guess that I probably have over 100, maybe maybe two. I have 211, and I know it's run a little bit in the background for me, but 900 seems like you've just left that on for days. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> which is totally possible because a lot of times I'm like, ah, I just want it on in case I have like 15 minutes before a meeting and don't feel like doing something, and I'll run through a couple turns. But anyway, I got XCOM 2 War of the Chosen, and it has captured my attention 
I mean, XCOM is one of my favorite games. There's a couple, you know, games that really scratch an itch for me. But I I kind of find myself in this position where I'm like, I wonder if I could just hide from the world for like five days and just play this game nonstop. (laughs) I I really contemplated pulling an all-nighter like I used to in college for a term paper and just being like, I'm going to play all night. Um, But I really love it. You know, it's everything that I like. Like, people know I like Blood Bowl. Like, it's got the leveling of your characters. It's got the persistence. You know, like, you get to go out and have a battle, and you kind of have to figure out the best way to solve it. It's turn-based. And the story is really good. They added some really, really cool components to the gameplay. And um, so... Anyway, I just I just picked it up on Thursday, so I've I've logged a couple hours on it. So, Dave, do you know there's a um, to to get your not Blood Bowl, but get your 40k into your um, XCOM? They have they have one of the a pack that's I think you can get skins and voices. Uh, so it looks like you're playing with Marines. Yeah, I did. You know, it's funny. I, I saw it. And I was like, I, I don't know if I could if I can make that swap. Maybe after I beat it, I'll go through and play again. But right, uh, right. But yeah, I did. It looked really cool. They did a good job. I'm surprised they haven't gotten busted for it. Yeah, they probably will. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Anything else, Dave? That's it. All right. That uh, leaves Matt. Oh, uh, let's see. Played some 40k. Played some Guild Ball. Uh, we had our D and D, of course. Um, hey, Matt. Did you play any of the new Guild Ball teams? Or are you still playing your like standard? No, I still have my regu- I still have my butchers. Um, our friend Greg plays with the Falconers. That's one of the new teams that in Hebrew likes those guys. Dave actually, Dave, you played him since last time we recorded, but um, I've played him twice with the Falconers. Uh, once with him cheating, and one with him not cheating. <laughs> <laughs> oh, didn't he play Christian once with the, the, yeah, the, the cheating, fake yeah, Falconers yeah, yeah. too? Yeah, it's awesome, because there's a rule that if you're standing in one of the little falcon areas, I can't remember what it's called, but um, you can put out this harrier, yeah, so this little three-inch template, and the rule says if if the enemy is in the harrier template, then this person can make an attack on you, and I didn't catch it either, which I guess is fine, but Greg was like, oh, yeah, so he just made a free attack, but an attack is a is a... Like a thing that you do in the game that costs something, so it wasn't, it shouldn't have been free. So he was getting right. a bunch of extra attacks, and yeah. <laughs> uh, I was like, okay, now that we're playing them normally, they don't seem half as broken. So that's funny. I saw um, the new Mission Impossible movie. Oh, don't tell! I'm going this week, so don't really say good. anything about it. I won't. Yeah, it's getting awesome reviews. Yeah, it's like 95. percent I'll tell you, Shannon and I went on a date night. It was good. Yeah, it's really good. That's what we're doing. I have a um, – because Owen's up in Maine with uh, the grandparents. So me and Melissa, we were just joking, like, we should go to the movies. And I was like, hey, do you realize this movie's getting, like, really good reviews? And we're like, that's perfect because that's the type (laughs) of movie we can watch together, like a a dumb action adventure. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm glad you guys both liked it. That's cool. And uh, Ian, my brother, and I went and saw Commando and Total Recall. This last week at a cult classics thing, so that was a lot of fun. That was fun. <laughs> I forget how ridiculous Commando was. It really is. <laughs> like it's <laughs> like I was I hadn't seen it in a little while, and I was like, oh, you know, it's a fun action movie, and he's got some stupid one-liners. There's some ridiculously over-the-top stuff in that movie. <laughs> Doesn't he throw a saw blade into a guy? Yeah, yes, takes, like, a couple. <laughs> a couple guys. He takes like part of a dude's head off with one. Yeah. But um, the the best part for me. Alyssa Milano's his daughter. Yeah, yes, yes. yeah. Right. And the so. best part is the introduction where they live in the mountains and they're just, you know, it shows them like, you know, doing chores and stuff. Then they're just feeding a deer. 
that, yeah, I turned to Justin and I was like, then he snaps his neck. <laughs> That's what, yeah. It cuts but, hard. Um, it, it hard cuts from them petting the deer to them eating venison. Nice. <laughs> um, but there's one part, and Justin and I both caught it and just turned to each other and started laughing because there's like a big building that explodes, and out front there's yeah, supposed to be dummies. like two guards, but it's just so clearly like straw dummies. <laughs> it's just so bad. Um, but I had I had fun with it. Total Recall was I hadn't seen Total Recall in a while. That was better than I remembered it. That was pretty good. Uh, I haven't really played any video games. I've been playing, uh, downloading and playing old Xbox Live games that I had just because they're. You know, I can play for like ten minutes, and nice. move on to something else. So, although I, I, I have that, but I that's a that's a game that I would sit and play for a few hours. So, but it's been stuff like, um, like I have Pac Man Championship Editions. So, you know, uh, what else do I have? I had I've been I played a little bit of Magic the, that Magic Duels of the Planeswalker game that we all played like yeah. six years ago. I yeah, forget how nah, that game's pretty bad. <laughs> well, no, wait, wait, wait the well, problem no, with the game is, the, but but you can't build a deck because what happens is as you beat guys, you unlock extra cards, but you can't take out the original cards from the deck, right? So there's a 60-card deck that you add card better cards to, but you can't take out the original cards. So you end up with like a 75-card deck, uh, which is – and the second iteration, you could. And you can't adjust your land values. It's just based on how many cards you have of different colors. It gives you land. So you can't really tweak your deck, which makes sense, right, because they want you to buy magic cards and play that way. Um, and Did it's, you have... so really it's, it's the original one, whatever the first, the first one that came out is yeah. so really, you just keep restarting the duel till you get a good draw. Well, that's no good. Um, um did you ever have, uh, Air Mac Arena on, uh, Xbox Live? No. That's a fun little one to play. It's like, um, not top down, but like that kind of 3D view, just kind of action game. And you have almost like a Robotech mech that, that turns into, a walker, a mech, and a uh, either a helicopter or a plane, yeah. and you just got to take out enemy, um, you know, enemy bases. And in your base, you can build other units. You can build little tanks, little buggies, uh, little armored dudes, and you can kind of send them to do stuff. It's it's a good one to play for like you know like thirty minutes or so. It's just um, it's not super deep, but it's kind of fun. That, that's one I play a lot on there when I have a little bit of time to kill. Let's check that one out. Yeah, I'm not even sure if you can still get it. It's been on it's been on my 360 for years but um that one's good usually they usually have that old stuff in the store for like five bucks or something like that yeah uh that's pretty much it all right well i will talk about things that you guys talked about but didn't really talk about so i have been playing a lot of warhammer 40k and was able to uh score pretty epic victory because i was able to beat matt in 40k and matt had never been beaten in 40k before so Very for me nice. to for me to hand him his first ever loss, <laughs> I was I was really I, I really felt good about that. So so that was a lot of fun, and uh, I had been winning pretty consistently. Beat Justin, who I had had a hard time with, and then it all came back to reality on Tuesday when uh, Matt and I played again, and he beat me. But um, although it was competitive, uh, it was it was a good game. But, but yeah, that was that was I felt good. I first ever loss for Matt in 40k, which I noticed he failed to mention. But, that's because it's not my first loss, but my first loss to you. Well, yeah, how about that? First loss ever. Uh, so, <laughs> in the, so that was in a lot. Twenty-five years I've been playing 40k. First loss. Yeah, first loss ever. So yep. uh, that felt good. That felt good. I decided we need to buy a championship belt for locally. So Ooh. now, unfortunately, Matt gets it back now, but but still, I would have had it for a while. Uh, but yeah, no, it's been fun. I've been uh, really enjoying playing 40k, and I've 
played pretty much my Necrons exclusively since their Codex came out, and I feel like I've got a good grasp on, um, you know, and how they play and, and how my units work and things like that. So it's been a lot of fun. We have a brand new Dungeons & Dragons campaign that has started. We are two sessions in, still in the Forgotten Realms, but we're on the Sea of Fallen Stars, which is cool. We've done some, some nautical stuff with ships and, and things like that and some, some pit fighting. Uh, Dave's uh, big Goliath character got to do some pit fighting, and so did Andy's uh, uh, monk got to get in the ring a little bit too. So I didn't know that we were in a pit. I think it was just boxing. Yeah, it was like Stino a Stino likes to refer to as pit fighting um, or one of them because they were supposed to go back. They, yeah. So, but, yeah, it was underground boxing. Yeah. It was Long like fights. It, yeah, yeah. In, a, in an abandoned warehouse. Yeah, so it's – um. But no, that's fun. It's a good new setting, and we just started an actual. Uh, we're doing the Forge of Fury uh, module out of Tales from the Yawning Portal. We just started that, so having fun with that, and seeing everybody learn their new characters and all the crazy accents that are coming out of that, with uh, especially with Jonathan and his new characters. So, and we haven't. We had Joel for the first one, and Jonathan was out, and then this last time, Jonathan was in, and Joel was out, and they're both very like outgoing, like leading the the talking so it's going to be very interesting when they're both there together to see what happens that may never happen though that's a good point but um but anyway that's new dnd has been a lot of fun and actually speaking of dnd i wanted to get dave's thoughts on this dave did you hear what they one of the new settings for uh dnd is coming out in the fall yes what is it i can't remember it's not a new campaign but it's new for fifth you mean no, it's a brand-new setting that they've never used before. Nope, didn't hear that. Then. He did. We talked about it at the last D&D session. It's Ravnica from Magic the Gathering. Oh, I did hear that, and I seem to recall what I said, and I don't think my feelings are all that different. That'll be interesting. I mean, it's got to, but it's got to be just an artistic port. Like, Ravnica has a lot of, uh, I don't know if it's Asian or Oriental or what the term is, but it's Eastern European. Eastern Europe. That's what it even says, like, when you read about Ravnica, like... Really? Uh, I would have Slavic, like... Yeah, it was, like, Slavic. Huh, I would have thought it was more, like, Japanese, but... I don't know, maybe my recollection is gone, but I just... I don't see anything in that that, like, screams to me of, like, a specific theme or tactic or something. Um, not it that will I'm be interesting expert. to see, yeah, how they do it. Yeah, so I don't know. I mean, I guess it's kind of cool that it's a new setting, and obviously they must have a couple ideas on how to make it different, you know. But, Ian, did you see what is coming in late September? The Eberron? Are they, um... Nope. Uh, Welcome to Waterdeep. Waterdeep oh, Dragon yes. Heist. Level 1 yeah, to 5. Yeah. yeah, they're doing – There's a, so there's two Waterdeep things coming out. They're doing – Yeah, 5 to 20. And, and then Dungeon Under Mountain. Yeah, Dungeon yeah. of the Mad Mage, yeah. So that's yeah, that's cool. Um, but it's it, they are doing Eberron too, so they're um, you know they, it's nice that they're branching out. I like Forgotten Realms anyway, so you know I, I wasn't among those who were disappointed that they hadn't done much else. But um, it is good that they're they're branching out because it's uh, fifth edition's been out for a few years now. So and they've you know they've done a pretty good job with releasing products. So um, I think it's nice uh, for them to move a little, expand the universe a bit. No, it's cool. I was just looking up trying to remember what Ravnica is, and I think I was confusing Ravnica with one of the others because Ravnica is all the all the dual color guilds. Yes, yep. So it's Boros and 
uh, what's the green? Gruel. Red green is gruel, which, um, so actually I could see that kind of being cool. So really it's just going to be, it, what it does is it gives them a avenue to have 10 different factions with some cool flavors. So I could see that. I guess I could see that being a cool setting. Gives you plenty of stuff to role play. Yeah, it's basically, it says that the, the book will include classes, races, monsters, and setting information on the 10 opposing guilds. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, that's kind of cool. Yeah. All right, other things I was going to touch on real quick. Dwarven Forge is uh, running a new Kickstarter for more dungeon, uh, sorry, cavern expansion stuff. And I have backed that like I did with the other one, which is just kind of piecemeal. I'll, I'll buy the add-on sets that I want, and hopefully I will be receiving my uh, sets pretty soon from, from the last one. But it also, I was, I was talking with the guys before, I actually finally sold all of my G.I. Joe collection from when I was a kid, and I got I got pretty good chunk of change, so I've been buying a few things here and there. And one of the other impulse purchases I made, aside from the Lego, Lego Voltron, which I'm super excited to get, uh, was I, I went and set up all of what I already have for Dwarven Forge to kind of figure out what would help us like be able to make bigger uh, dungeons and things like that, and then I I went on the Dwarven Forge website and bought some more floor packs and a few other things to uh, to kind of round out the collection so that I can because it you know it kind of sucks to have spent that much on it and not really get to play with it much so I'm going to try and bust those out more for for D and D because uh, it looks so good when they're on the table you know it's fun to I think it helps with the immersion. Well, and tell me too because I have a ton of Castle Underground. Yeah, who knows? I got a lot of stuff. City. Yeah, yeah, you you got a lot of stuff. Um, I think it'd be fun just one day to just in your basement just build a massive, just build everything you can possibly build with all your stuff and Will's stuff, and just just make a huge, huge dungeon. Huge, huge. Uh, huge. But that was it. That was it for me. Anybody think of anything else? All right, then we will move on. GameMat.eu creates mats to game on. Bring your games to life and conquer the mightiest cities or discover long-lost realms. Each battle mat is made from the finest rubber-based mouse pad material, so you can simply change your tabletop into a battlefield in no time. You can get your mat in a variety of sizes, plus you have your choice of resin terrain to add to your mat. Game on with GameMat.eu. Under them simple. Get to the weapons, use them any way you can. I know you won't break the rules. There aren't any. <laughs> All right, welcome into Thunderdome, the main topic segment of our show. And we thought it'd be fun to go back and touch on video games, something we haven't talked about in a little while. And Dave was already talking about something that kind of made me think of this with him playing the new XCOM and enjoying that. Next Com, of course, a great classic PC game. So I thought, what are some classic games? Could could be PC, could be arcade, could be console, that are good properties or were good games that are maybe ripe for an update on PC or, or the new consoles. So I thought we'd kind of go through and talk about some of the ones that we would love to see updated and, and brought into the, the new era of gaming. So anybody want to volunteer to go first? I know what mine is already. I knew mine right away. Okay, go ahead, Dave. When I was in high school, I'm trying to see when this actually was released. It's based on the name, you would have a guess, but you would be wrong. So 1998, I was 
college, actually, and uh, Ken Pittman had the really nice gaming computer, and he had a copy of this game, and I would constantly annoy him because I would go in his room and play it. And then he got a girlfriend, and that was even more awkward because I had to put the headphones on. But anyway, um, (laughs) so Dune 2000, which I'm not sure if you played, but it was – I don't know if they call them 4X or – but they're the games where you would go out and you'd have to collect the spice and then bring the spice back and build up your base and build up your forces. So like Command and Conquer and Warcraft, right? Yeah, exactly. It was great because it had a couple different components. Um, it had uh, the different types of factions that uh, you have in Dune. So that was kind of cool. And they each had their own flavor, like the Harkonnen were, you know, like really, you know, tough fighters. And was it the Atreides? Is that what they were called? Yeah. House Atreides, House Harkonnen. And then they made up one Ordos. Yeah, the Ordos, right? And But what was neat is you had to build, like, these foundation plates to build your structures on, and uh, you could build walls, like these big complex wall systems with turrets on them, um, and send out spies to do little spy missions, and then every once in a while a sandward would come along and eat your, uh, your little spice collector, and I, I don't know, it's just this great fun tactical game that i really loved and um at some point in the last five years uh i I think i found it on grand old games or something or i found an old cd copy of it somewhere and uh, i tried to play it and i i don't think i could even get it to run correctly but it also like it ran in a little tiny window and it was hard to see and uh and it and it didn't hold up. And so when you immediately brought up this topic, I was like, Oh my god, I wish somebody would, would revitalize this game because Dune is another one of those it's like it's just so ripe with with, you know, great setting and story and mythos and uh you know, I know they made up the Ordos, but there's tons of I mean they've they've, they've got like I don't know, 16 books now, and his son's written more books, and um, there's just a ton of stuff that they could draw from. So I'd love to see somebody do something cool with that property. What type of game would you envision it as, like real-time strategy or turn-based? Or um, I, I, I mean, I, I go to real-time strategy because that's what it was. So I, I think that makes probably the most sense. But um, to be honest, you know, There's people who are way more creative than I am, you know, like I look at, um, you know, like, like XCOM, XCOM really is the same basic skeleton of a game, just with awesome new graphics and functionality and the menu systems are better. So, you know, um, I I could see them doing something like that with, you know, um, you know, taking that Dune property and making it a little bit more character based instead of, you know, based on, like, armies and bases, because I, I think there's enough flavor in Dune that you could get down to the character level and still have fun. But, um, yeah, no, I, th- I think I would probably just prefer, like, a cool RTS with some cool, like, current-day innovations, and I would have a blast. Would your perfect version of the new one in any way involve staying in essentially a diaper? No, I would have to be one of those like new fangled chairs that that uh, you know where you can just poop in them. Flush <laughs> it away. Yeah, that was a great game, Dave. Uh, I remember playing a ton of that too because I was a I was a big fan of Dune. That's one of the books I've read 
like multiple times. I've, in fact, I've read all the Dune books, all the prequels, all of that stuff. Um, that's a, it's a favorite kind of, kind of genre of itself. Um, and I remember playing that game a lot. Yeah, it was yeah neat. I, like I it had that one. Well, it's cool because it had like sand and stone, and if you were on the stone, you were safe from the worms. But then sometimes you'd have to like send a, you'd spend all this time building like the super tank. But when the tank gets out on the sand, it's susceptible to being eaten by the sandworm, and so you're like, ah, you know, like totally freaking out. I don't know. It was just a, it was just a neat game. It had a lot of cool components. Nice. Yeah, that that one seems like it would. And um, I think isn't somebody. Attempting to to do a new version of the movie. I th- yes. Yeah. Yeah. But I think it's made for. Oh TV. no! It's no, no. I think it's the guy that did Blade Runner, the new Blade Runner. I think that's who's doing it. Could be. Is that yeah. Timothy Chalamet? Right. No, no. It's um. Was it uh, Dennis Villanueva? Is that who it was? Oh yeah, there it is. Dennis Villanueva wants his Dune remake to be like the Star Wars movie he never saw. Interesting. I wonder which one he didn't see. <laughs> hmm. Well, I mean, certainly from a visual standpoint, I, and I need to go back and revisit Blade Runner 2049 because I, I, I still on, am uh, It's on HBO. You can watch it on demand. Oh, okay, good. Because I'm still not sure how I feel about it. But it looked beautiful. Like, it, it looked amazing. So if he can bring that aesthetic to Dune and try and figure out how to make that, you know, condense that into two and a half, three hours, whatever a reasonable movie is. I mean, that's... I think what's the problem with Dune is it's such a dense uh, book. Well, and just the the introduction of all of the world and all the families and the players in it is is what I think is such a roadblock. Well, that's why they had to, with David Lynch's one, right? They had that, like, five-minute intro scene of narration. Yeah. But, you, but I wonder if like they, they would be better off just doing doing it as more than one movie. Oh yeah, like a trilogy or something. Right. Yeah. Like so because it is. It 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 and you it is a story told in three parts too because yeah. you have like you have getting to Dune and you could you could easily do, take some of the stuff from the prequels now and use that to kind of tell the story of okay, why, you know, why is Dune so important? You know, how you know, how does House Harkonnen have it now, but House Atreides is getting it? How do you have, you know, the, you know, the Emperor? So you could do all of that kind of in the first movie and, and build it up. And then the, the second movie could be, you know, a little bit of him out in the desert becoming Muad'Dib. And then you could finish out with him kind of taking over the planet and kind of where that leads a little bit into like the the next the next story, which is the you know the uh, Children of Dune. You know, you you could easily do that, I think, or two movies. You could probably do it in two. Just as long and as they bring back Sting. Right. I was just gonna say. I mean, tell me, Sting's gonna be in it. Yeah, I, th- I think Dave misheard me because I mentioned Sting before, but I think I think he thought I said sitting in a diaper instead of Sting in a diaper. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. I was like, I was like, I, I heard I sitting sit, too. I, like, I could sit about? in a diaper I heard, for the game all day. I heard day. Sitting that's in a diaper too, but that was. I heard, I heard Yanny. So. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, I think in in a uh, an opening, you know, explanation montage can can work too because I, if you look at Lord of the Rings, that opening. You know, explanation of the of the ring and everything. That's actually a really cool part of that movie. Yeah, but 
the thing for Lord of the Rings is we fought this guy and got the ring and then it got away. Dune, there's way like there's so much more going on to understand <laughs> Dune. Yeah. But to be honest, that's what Tolkien does with <laughs> with that story too. Yeah. He does yeah. like an expo, yeah, like to tell why the ring exists. He doesn't do like a lot of what they do, like because a lot of what the houses are about are, is told during the books. You learn about those ho- houses as as the story goes on and why they're like that. Um, but like some of the prequel stuff, really goes back and talks about. Um, some of the characters like in a lot more depth. So you have, you know, why, you know, like it's really hard for, in that movie to understand why the Benny Jesuits care about Pop. who has babies with who, yeah. you know, like it's, it's not like, it's like a, a breeding program that's thousands of years long, like that they really don't care about anyone's feelings at all. Like, they're well, then, not nice people. <laughs> and there's so many terms that they use in the movie that you have to know what those terms mean to understand what they're talking about. Yeah. Or in the book, I mean. Yeah. Yeah, but, in the, like, they have time to kind of explain it in the book, but in the movie, you can't, you can't, you can't spend, like, the several pages explaining, like, the importance of a still suit, like, and how it recycles water and stuff, like, and really get how, like, like, they live on a place with no water. Like, when they did when they did the movie, right, there's narration at the beginning, there's a narration break in the middle of the movie. Oh, that's right. It's well, and isn't there, does, does, isn't there voiceover throughout, though? Well, that's what I mean. In the middle of the movie, there's a narration yeah. break where they talk about what's oh, going okay. on. Yeah. 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 But anyway, that's that's about the movie. Yes. <laughs> so Dave, what's sorry? An update? Sorry. No, that's good. That's good. I know, but it, like that just—I'm pretty passionate. It's like one yeah, of I my know favorites. You like a lot. Yeah. Well, the good news though is, I mean, that that is just a stepping stone, right? I mean, if you think yeah, about it, I mean, that, he wrote the book, and if you think about all the things that spawned, right? So like the miniseries, the movie, the video game. Like, if the movie has any success, right? Well, I'm sure somebody do. will jump on and be like, hey. How can we make more money off of this baby? Yeah. Unfortunately, it'll be an FPS. <laughs> uh, which I would probably play, but I'd cry a little. I would about it. <laughs> shoot those, shoot those, words. shoot those Harkonnen. <laughs> um, all right, that's a good choice, Dave. Uh, all right, who wants to go next? All right, I will. <laughs> all right. Uh, so the first one that came to mind for me was Golden Axe because uh, I, I really love the. Uh, I love the arcade versions. I also played a ton on the Sega Genesis. Since I've uh, had the main cabinet, I've, I've played the arcade versions again. I really like them. Just a pretty simple, you know, side-scroller button masher, but um, but just fun. There's something fun about those games and being able to play with, you know, two, three people. And uh, I, I just really like them. And they, they did one for the Xbox, I think it was before the 360, maybe it was 360, somewhere around like 2008, somewhere around there, called um, Beast Rider, where, because uh, in some of the games you could, in like uh, Golden Axe 2 and beyond, maybe, I can't remember the first one, but anyway, you could, the, some of the enemies would be on creatures, and once you knock them off, you could actually get on the creatures, and then those creatures would like, uh, for their attacks, would like whip their tails or, or breathe fire. So they made kind of an entire game around that and I played it a little it, it wasn't great um, but I just think the the world and could be expanded upon because it's a pretty generic you know story there's a bad guy and he's made the land uh, you know 
everybody's sad and he rules with an iron fist type of thing. So there's a lot that you could expand on it to make it an, an actual RPG. And, you know, you've got the, you could use the classic characters, the, you know, the big barbarian or the Valkyrie or the dwarf. And, um, you know, I, I think you could do a lot with it. But I, I also wonder, do you guys think in this day and age, could a, a classic style side scroller with updated graphics, do you think that could work? Do you think people would buy a game no. like that? No, that was, no, and that was my problem looking back at some of these awesome games that I would love to see in new versions. I was like, how would you do this? Like, that's why I think Dave's pick was, was perfect because some of the other ones that fall into what I've picked are games that are similar to that because we've gone so far beyond that side scroller, um, that you would, it would have to be more of like, an open world so you like almost like monster hunter is now or something like that where you're riding on the like you're kind of it, it would be more um maybe use well, that dragon piece. age dragon yeah, but can age. I, yeah. Ha, have but, you guys played this war is mine or this war yeah. of mine yeah i played a little bit of it no i mean to me that is I don't know if this answers your question, but for those who don't know, this War of Mine is a side scroller. It's based on a, a, a blown out like city that's been bombed, and um, you have to go out and find like medicine and different things. Um, it's super depressing game, but it's very uh, like artistic in the way that it's done. But so I think a game has to have something like that to to work like it's got it's got to speak on either an artistic level or it's got to do something like really unique but i mean i, I don't know i i would say it can because that was a it's an extremely popular and, and acclaimed game you're very right dave there are side scrollers out there now but those side scrollers are all about uh like setting an emotional tone because there's the other one it's like is it called eclipse or something it's it's basically another side scroller but it's it's all black and white it's very it, it's the tone like if there's this there's this sense of kind of impending doom and that's what i got from this war of mine too which was it was a little bit too depressing for me to play like where <laughs> right. there's there's that element of and then there are some retro ones that are out there too um that are like that but i think if you're talking about not having it be kind of a retro style game and having it be a new game um, I don't know if side scroller works if you're trying to keep it as, you know, golden axe, you know, if. It, yeah. I, I was thinking maybe the thing to focus on would be the beasts and have it be like an open world style RPG like Skyrim or whatever, but you focus a lot on, uh, almost like Ark, uh, does with my kids play Ark a ton, yeah. um, where you, you get the beasts and you level up the beasts, you know what I mean? Right. And, and, you know, that, becomes a major part of it maybe that would be the the way to do it but um yeah i don't know i just uh, i love those games so much that i was you know uh, i was thinking they would be something with a little bit of name recognition but you could bring it into the the modern gaming style well and i think i think it's that thing is like we, we did see some of those when we got some of our dragon ages and stuff uh like dragon age inquisition and stuff where you had you were you were controlling three or four characters. Um, you know, you were you. you, you see, it was not necessarily set in a D and D world, or you know, um, something like that, where you had kind of almost a, a top down look as opposed to kind of a first person look that you do with Skyrim and stuff. Um, I wish it, it's one of those things where, you know, 
I think the beast is the angle to go. Like being able to kind of get on creatures and ride them and, and battle with those on there. It, the, the hard part is, is like making it multiplayer too, you know? Well, yeah. there are, there are yeah. currently side-scrolling games that are pretty popular, like, uh, what was it called? Cuphead or something like that. That was a recent game that came out that a lot of people, it's yep. a side-scroller. I think yep. it works as a, you know, $20 downloadable game. It's not a... Yeah. Or, but like, again, Cuphead had... It's got that art style. It's got a really unique art style. So a lot of what Cuphead is, is the, is the art. Just like Dave said, the, this war of mine, that is the theme and the art that goes with that. Uh, well, and yeah, the, uh, that made me think of Castle Crashers, which, um, yep. is pretty much Golden Axe, but they went with like a cartoony, almost hand-drawn style for that, which is kind of what you're talking about. Yeah. It's almost wishing you could have a game like Dragon Age Inquisition or something like that using the Golden Axe universe. Cause I was trying to think of Gauntlet too. Like I, I loved Gauntlet, but like, they keep making Gauntlet games. I was thinking that one too, and I looked, and there was one like just a few years ago. They made. Right, right, but it's a, it's a kind of the same game. But I tried that one, and it wasn't as fun as the first two. Yeah. Hey, just a quick callback. I took uh, the I took the kids uh, and Jareth because he'd never been up to Fun Spot. Telling you, Gauntlet's still fun, but only yeah, in an arcade. Fun spot. Oh, not in my basement. You wouldn't want to play here. No, no, no. It's better games for that. <laughs> um, uh, okay, so yeah, that was mine. What about, um, let's see, who hasn't gone yet? Andy or, Andy or Matt? I'll let Matt go. I'm still, still enjoying this. So, my first thought was X-Wing. Oh. Which is the Star Wars space combat simulator game from ages ago. They haven't made one in a long time. But those were games I really enjoyed. X-Wing, TIE Fighter, and then there was X-Wing Alliance. Yeah, I had TIE Fighter. That was one of the first uh, computer games I remember actually buying myself in the, when I was in college. Um, yeah, I really I really liked that. Yeah, tons of fun. missions, lots of different ships. Now, what about, I mean, I know the game is more than that, but does the, the Battlefront games that have the ability to fly the ships, that doesn't do anything for you? The first Battlefront, at least on the the new systems, didn't even have space combat. The Xbox uh, One Battlefronts do have space combat, but it's not. It's so is the, it in space, or can you just use the ships within atmosphere in the in the battle? They have themselves? ones that are in space, but it's the same thing where it's a defined playfield, right? So there's there's only certain areas you can go, and the missions are. It's either get as many kills as you can or, you know, the Rebels or Imperials would have to blow up this one ship, and then that's the only thing. So there's really only two different missions in it. Um, and it's not – in X-Wing and TIE, in TIE Fighter, if you died, the mission was over. In these, you know, it's just you keep respawning. You don't yeah. – and there's so much more control. X-Wing and TIE Fighter, you controlled your energy levels. You could, you know, switch shields. Your, your shields were, um, stuff like that. So Well, and the whole game was based inside the vehicle. Yeah. Like that. Yeah, it was like a flight simulator almost with it was, yeah, it was a space yeah. combat simulator is what they called it. Yeah. Yeah, Tie, Tie Fighter was cool cuz you know, you you really got the feel for for the the Tie Fighter itself because the, you know, they don't have shields, they don't have the ability to jump. They were well, just <laughs> faster and The great thing about Tie Fighter is if you accidentally shot your own ships, eventually they would just start shooting at you. <laughs> yeah. They give you words to say, you know, check your fire or, and yeah. then they call you a traitor and start shooting at you. Yeah, 
yeah. That was a well, because I, I was thinking, like, one of the ones I was thinking of, too, was Wing Commander. Because yeah. I played so much Wing Commander. Like, that was one of the best kind of space. Yes, same kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. And that was all about, like, you had different missions. Like, you had a, like, sometimes you had to play defense. Sometimes you had to do bombing runs. Yeah. So I, I think, I think we're right for a Star Wars one again. I don't. I think the Wing Commander movie killed all hope of having a <laughs> Wing Commander game. But yeah, Freddie Prince Jr. was a great Wing Commander. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, I forgot they even made a movie. So did yeah. Freddie Prince Jr. probably do. <laughs> I don't know. He wishes they did. Yeah. Yeah, because Wing Commander like had books and everything. Like that was Mark Hamill. Yeah, Mark yeah. Hamill. Some of the computer games. Yeah. 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 Oh, because um, I love the Kilrathi. Oh my gosh, that yeah. was another. Yeah. Yeah. That was a cool, <clears throat> cool series. Um, all right, what about you, Andy? All right, I'm trying to think of one of the ones because I, I wrote down a whole bunch here, so now I'm going back and looking at them. Okay, I'm going to go with this one then. Um, Contra. I oh. want, I want something like because Contra. When I was thinking about it, it, there is a lot of that. You know, all our games back then were kind of that side scrolling where you were running but Contra also made you go up sometimes like so you weren't like and they had the tunnel scenes and stuff so I was, I was thinking you could turn that into kind of a a first person shooter but I, I wonder if that's kind of what Doom is and stuff but I I just like the idea of it like it's it's two dudes that look like Rambo like <laughs> fighting in the jungle against aliens um, and I would love like I just, I had so much fun with that game. I like I wish they could do something with with that. And again, I think it's like Golden Axe. It's the theme. I'm not sure how you even build a, a game around it, but that's one that I would love. Small quick contra story. I got that for my birthday one year, and I beat it the day I got it because I had the 30 lives code. Up, up, down, right? down, left, right, left, B, A, B, A. Sorry. Yeah. Yep. And so I so my dad's like, oh, you already beat it. That was a waste of money. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but I, I mean that I play that game. I still play that now. I have it on Xbox. Yeah, I I, I still play that one too. I play it on uh, on the main cabinet too because the the port was it's a little bit different on the um on the arcade versus the Nintendo. And I know they made other versions and stuff. Um, in fact, I, I didn't realize this. There was on the Wii. I guess it on the Wii U. The latest version came out in 2014. Yeah, Contra Core or something like that. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, it's one of those that has the name recognition, so they, you know, they do keep going. Because one of the ones I thought about was like, oh, Castlevania. You know, obviously, I love Symphony of the Night and the originals. Yeah. And I looked, and it was like, no, oh, there was like a new Castlevania game like two years ago. So they, yeah, like, they make them all the time. Yeah. yeah they're, not any, they're not any good now, but they make them all the time. No. Yeah. But yeah, so I, I, I guess you could do like, you could do kind of a, a, almost like a first person shooter style game with, with Contra. Um, it could almost be like, um, uh, what were those space horror ones? Um, Dead Space. Like Aliens? Dead Space. No, Dead Space. Yeah. You, yeah, you so. could, al- you could do it as a multiplayer one too, really. I mean, you could be, yep. you know, fighting against the, I think the problem is if you do first-person shooter, you have to make it so it's you're fighting against people. I think that's one of the the big the big things with first-person shooters. Is you don't ever have them where it's all kind of a a solo game for the most part. Um, there are some exceptions, but you know, I think you, you have to. How do you do? How do you do a game like Contra? 
Yeah. Yeah, it is It is tough for some of them. And, and that could be, you know, what's holding some of them back, too, is it haven't really cracked the code on what to do with it. Yeah, because you have Doom and you have uh, Halo. I was going to say, I mean, the problem with any of those, anything where you're you're competing with a game like Halo, which then it's just your different type of Halo. Right. right. And I, I don't know that it would be interesting enough, but... I don't know. It seems like a lot of those are still successful. Is I mean, isn't isn't Gears of War a lot of like similar type stuff? Yeah. yeah well, yeah. That's another one where it has stuff. like. Yeah, exactly. It's it's Halo with a cool cover mechanic. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um. Uh. All right. I lost track of. Everybody's where. Done one. All right. Everybody's done one. All right. Dave, you got another one. Uh, Excite Bike. I will say when you first asked me, I was like, oh, Excite Bike. And then I'm like, I don't know how you could make that interesting. But how have I they think, done I that? The, well, they did the, Excite Bike 64, which is not good. I think the most fun was building the tracks. So, and I'm sure there are dirt bike games that have, that have done that on the newer consoles where it make it so you can actually, you know, make, with, put your own obstacles and stuff. With dirt bike and racing games, there's like one every other week that they put out. I mean, most of them are crap, but there's one. I know because I do Big Brothers Big Sisters and my little buy, my little brother buys like every, he has, like, you know, Ice Road Trucker 2014. Uh, yeah. You know what? Actually, I know I know what I would um, do. I just have to think about what the name of it is. It is, uh, I think it is Heroes of Might and Magic. Um, oh, yeah. Is Heroes of Might and Magic the one where you rode the little horse around and you had to get, like, like if you ran into the monsters and you had a turn-based strategy, like you had a... I believe so. Yes. Or dra- that sounds like Dragon Warrior too. No, 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 no it's no. Heroes it's of Might and Magic because there's there's one from not too. It's, it's like ago. A, it's it's like a cross between Civilization and. Yeah, yeah, uh, like you build up your castle yeah. and then every month you can get. Hold on, I just want to make because there's Heroes of Might and Magic and then there was another one that was like Heroes of Lore or something and I always get them screwed up but. Um, Here's a might and magic. Because that went up to like eight, Dave. Because I was playing, or seven. I was playing one of those. Yeah, Heroes of Might and Magic Seven came out in 2015. Okay, was, so it's three though. Okay, but so three was good. But now I'm just curious. I didn't know there was one in 2015 that was seven. What the hell is this? Yeah, I played that. It's the same idea. It played like the old ones. No kidding. Yeah, because I'm pretty sure Will told me about it. Maybe this is my game. Maybe I've already found it. Yeah, I think you found Steve. Go, go, bring up Steam. It's on. It's on there. I'm pretty sure it's even in my Steam library. Oh. All right, <laughs> I'll catch you guys later. Yeah. <laughs> all right, thanks, Dave. Um, all right, I'll do my second one real quick because I, I think I know what I would do with this one, and it is Spy Hunter. Uh, I think I would make it an open world type of game like Grand Theft Auto, except your main character is a, you know, like a, a James Bond type, but the upgrades all go to the car, kind of like in the, the open world Mad Max game. So, you know, you start off with a, with a pretty basic car with the, like the machine guns or whatever, and then you, you can kind of kit it out as you go and, um, you know, add on all the cool stuff, all the basic stuff from the, from the original, like the missiles and, and oil slick and things like that. But it'd be cool to, you know, just really continue to to build and and add crazier and crazier stuff as you went along and and played it. So and it, you know, something like that with the new driving physics that the games have and 
you know, but adding in all the weaponry and stuff like that, I, I think that would be super fun to play. Yeah, I'd be down with that. That's, that, that was such a fun game. Yeah, I do, do love that game. You could even, well, yeah, well, it's funny because that's one of the other games I was thinking of was, uh, was Twisted Metal. Yeah. 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 Cause I was thinking of Carmageddon too, which is an awful game with a cool theme. Yeah, there, I think that's something that could be, definitely be done. And of course, you know, we've played some Gaslands, um, you know, with our minis and matchbox cars and stuff, that, that type of, um, you know, just kind of vehicular combat type of stuff, I, I don't think has really been done on the modern consoles. So I think that would be fun. Um, all right, who wants to go next? We've still got some, some Andy and some Matt. Matt, you can go again. All right, so I would say any of those old, great uh, side-scrolling beat-up games, you know, whether it's Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles or uh, Final Fight or, you know, any of those games like that. We haven't. I don't think we've really had one of those in a while. Bad dudes. Bad, Bad dudes. dudes. <laughs> um, yeah, Captain America and the Avengers. Um, and those are all. Spider-Man. Those are all very much Golden Axe. Yeah. You know, clones. Um, because they were you know side scrollers and button mashers, and there'd be some symbol on the on the right side of the screen that says go 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 yeah, go go <laughs> this way this way. But I love all those games. Like on on the main cabinet, those are even though they're all very similar. Like, I just love those. I love, you know, Golden Axe. I love the, the D&D ones. Yep, Simpsons, uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Captain America and the Avengers. There's an X-Men one like that. There's Knights of the Round. There's there's a ton of those games, and they're they're all fun. I just, something about those games, even though they're super simplistic, but they're they're great to play with a couple, you know, a couple other people, and I don't know, I just, I just really have fun with those. So, yeah, that's, yeah, that would be, uh, that would be good. Uh, all right. Dexter waited for like 10 minutes to play one of those. Oh, really? Oh. Yeah, I bet. Yeah. Oh, my God. It was so funny because I was like, all right, buddy, let's come back. He's like, no. All right. <laughs> Did he put his token? Yeah, he's got to put his token up there. No, man. Trust me. That play, we, we went yesterday, so a Saturday, which was a little rainy in oh, yeah, must the summertime. Crazy. It was yeah, a madhouse. Yeah. Kale yeah. so. and I went um, – we went up on Monday, and uh, it was funny because I was like, like I'd, you know, just kind of turn him loose and I'd play what I wanted to play, and I'd come, you know, around the corner and he's playing Burger Time, and I was like, why are you putting money in something we have in our basement? But he, but he was like, I want to set all the high scores, so I was like, it's like, all right, that's fine. But right. um, but I noticed something that the they have a brand new Super Checks hockey, and did you did you happen to glance at Super Checks, Dave, while you were there? No. The new Super Checks has a video scoreboard. Wow. Yeah, so I'm like, I'm like, oh man, but I, I, but I could actually buy one and install one in mine, so I may have to do that, cause it was really cool. Yeah, I'm sure if you talk to the guy there where he got it, like... Well no, I, like, you can order all the parts right from the company. The company that makes it is, uh, called, uh, Ice, um, not the, uh, not the other kind. Um, so yeah, because like I've I've ordered like replacement pucks and stuff because your pucks get pretty, um, pretty dinged up. So um, so I've ordered pucks and things like that. So so I'm sure I can actually just buy the scoreboard because they sell you know all the individual pieces for and I've had to replace like you know collars on the rods and stuff like that. So um, but I'll be curious to see how much it is. But yeah, it was funny because you know we I do have the cabinet now, so I ended up playing. I played a ton of pinball when I went up the other day, which was which was a lot of fun because they have some really good pinball there. 
I don't know how we got on Funspot. <laughs> well, oh, you were Dave's, saying, yeah, yeah, Dave, yeah, yeah. He was waiting to, which one was he waiting on? I, all I know is it had four, four, um, controllers and a turtle power button. Sorry. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, is it the new Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles one? Yeah. Oh, sorry. It was a uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I just don't know which oh. one. I think it's a new one, like, cause I noticed it was there, like, it, like, it's a pretty modern style yeah. game, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it was right next to the Walking Dead. Yeah, and that looked Walking cool. Dead thing, which, uh, Dexter yeah. also made me wait 10 minutes to play, but <laughs> since I'm an awesome dad, I did. And, uh, I will tell you that, that game, I could see it's four tokens to play, three or four tokens to play the, the Walking Dead game. I was like, oh man, I, I could come up here and drop, you know, 120 coins in that over the course of, of a couple hours, or, well, probably 25 minutes, but <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, it was good. One of the well the done. most disappointing arcade games I played recently was that Star Wars uh, Battle Dome thing, the new one. Yeah, because I mean, there's there's three cool. there's three levels. They have it like Dave and Buster's, right? There's three levels. You have to pay to play each level, and each level is like a minute and a half long. Yeah, it's I like mean three it, bucks a level. And it's oh, yeah, wow. it's the it's the. It, Right, it's that's what's disappointing about it. Like the game itself is fun and it's cool to be inside the pod and stuff, but yeah, there's just there's like nothing to it, which is disappointing. Huh. But, uh, all right, I lost track of where we even are. So somebody go. Um. So I had a couple on my list still. So another one that I would love to see is a first-person shooter. Again, just for the the theme of it, uh, the kind of the story of it. Berserker. Oh, Berserker. Uh, yeah. And yeah, Robotron, Berserker. yeah, that was one of my other ones. Anything that uses two joysticks. <laughs> I love Berserk. No, 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 Berserk, like the old Atari game. Yeah, yeah. Control- yeah, Robo, yeah. It, well, it did in the arcade. Berserk and Robotron uh, are, are very similar. Okay, actually, I just remember playing it on the Atari at home. Yeah, I played like, Robotron at Funspot because I hadn't, um, because, like, you can, on the main cabinet, like, I could actually make it so it's double joystick. Like, you can program all the games, but I haven't, I haven't gotten around to that. So I, I saw it and I was like, oh, man, I love this. And it's got the, you know, the awesome intruder alert <laughs> robot guy, too. So, yeah, those are fun. I loved, I loved Berserker on the Atari. And I think, like, the cover art was awesome. Because it's that dude shooting yeah. the, like the robot, like and it looks like an awesome robot, not like the robots that are in the game at all, like that are just like, um, like. Well, they I had just, the maze aspect too, which was cool. You had different, you know, yeah, mazes that you could use for cover and, and all of that. Well, it was a game too where you could leave the like you didn't have to kill everybody in the room, right? Yeah, like, you could run away, like. And I think that was a cool, a really cool aspect to, to that game. I, and that's what I mean. Like, I, I think it would be fun to have a game like that. And again, I think that would almost be that retro style where you have kind of a top-down shooter, which you really don't see anymore. Kind of like, uh, like, cause I think Berserker became your, kind of like your Akari Warriors and your, um, your 1942 Commando. 43s, yeah. Commandos. Yeah. All those kind of top-down shooters where you kind of just moved. You know, you can move left and right and up and down a little bit, but <laughs> I could see that again with Berserker. Or I would do that as a first-person shooter. Like, if you made kind of a story around that with those with those robots, I'd I'd have fun with that. But again, I think that gets back to the whole. Uh, is that Halo? <laughs> yeah. But you know what would be cool about that is if you played multiplayer and everybody was a robot except one guy. Oh, that but, would be cool. Yeah. Yeah. Like where you had like a five on one type of situation. Yeah, who doesn't want a five on one, right? Yeah. Yeah. Dave collapsing. 
Um, all right, I, I had one more uh, I'll do real quick because I think I know exactly how I'd do it, and that's uh, Kid Icarus. And I think the way to do it would be open world Zelda Breath of the Wild style. Like you, you know, do it with that kind of cartoony, you know, graphics and style and, you know, a little tongue in cheek for, for how things, um, you know, work within the game world. And cause, you know, the, the original game had some silly stuff like the eggplant wizards and the kids will love the eggplant stuff. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, uh that's, yeah. Yeah. Nowadays it'd have to be like quinoa or something. Right. <laughs> eggplants are lit, as the kids say. They um, use that emoji all the time. I don't know what they're talking about, but they use it. Yeah. <laughs> I think, I think you'd have to do zucchini. <laughs> yeah, I just think Kid Icarus done Breath of the Wild style would be, would be really fun. So, that was all I had. Um, Baldur's Gate, it's been a long time since we had one of those. Yeah, and, yeah, and there have been sort of those, like, um, what, what you call spiritual successors like uh, Pillars of Eternity. Um, I want a D&D setting with D&D yeah, I rules. Do. I do, too. Well, and same thing with, like, um, D&D Heroes. I can't remember what it was called, but it was for the original Xbox, and it was a, a multiplayer. You could play up to four, and it looked like, um, you know, Diablo or, more recently, Divinity, Original Sin. Like, I would love a, a D&D one like that, you know, kind of that, um, especially if it did turn-based combat like Original Sin does, and, you know, but with, you know, D&D setting, D&D characters and classes and spells and, and all that type of stuff. I would I would love to have that. But, yeah, that's that's a good call, that nice, deep, you know, RPG. Because Baldur's Gate and Icewind Dale, all of those, I think that's the closest you can ever come to what it feels like to play pen and paper, you know, in person, sitting around a table, you know, role-playing games. I'd say the uh, the 1980s, 1990s D&D games are closer because they're way more clunkier. Oh, yeah, that's true, too. But so, like, I remember the ones where there's there's almost no animation in it. Like, it's, like, if you go... Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, he's talking about the, yeah, those ones. Like Dark Sun and all those. Yeah, Yeah. 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 Little Radiance. Yeah, those were awesome. Oh, yeah, those were awesome because you didn't have like you didn't have to work, because if you really want to t- like talk about playing a D and D game like you like y- your character's stats were much more like a you know a two E character whereas a lot of the newer ones like Divinity Original Sin and stuff you're you're figuring out ways to kind of mid max you care about all the graphics that are going on in the background and stuff there was you know. Uh, you're not reading anything. You, you're trying to listen to like right know, people talk, dialogue, like people's dialogue and stuff. And there's some interaction. That's what I really liked about Dragon Age a little bit. I think it was Dragon Age, um, where you there were kind of there were story choices almost. So depending on like what 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 decisions you made at certain places, it it changed how it went. And I also remember some of those early D and D games being hard. Like I, oh like, yeah, they were really tough. Everything was hard, all the old games. It was second edition D&D, so... Yeah, I remember just, like, every once in a while, like, a bugbear would just break through a wall, like, (laughs) and it would just be a picture of a bugbear having broken through the wall, and, like, you you had just fought, like, some crazy monster, and you were half dead, and you died, and you're like, you load your last save, which was from, like, three hours ago. (laughs) And you'd swear a lot, and then... Yeah, because I remember me, my buddy Rich, and Alex would play that. We'd play that because we would take turns because it would get stressful. Like, yeah. <laughs> I remembered another one. Yeah. 
Did, did you guys ever play uh, Syndicate? That's that's what I was gonna say, Dave. That's what, on my list. That was my last one. Oh, nice. My buddy, it was his roommate. Yeah, so it was my buddy Jay. It was his roommate, and we would just go over there, and I would play that for hours. Everybody else would go out like to parties and stuff. It was my, I think it was my sophomore year of college, and we would just sit and play that for hours. Yeah, and it's funny because for those that don't know, it, it is very reminiscent, I think, of like miniature games, um, which I think probably speaks to a lot of the games I like. I think XCOM 2 is actually just a big miniature game. But, um, yeah, you'd, it, the, the thing I liked about it, though, is this was uh, – it had that Grand Theft Auto kind of feel before Grand Theft Auto because you were you were this cybernetic – kind of being um and so you could upgrade your guys with like all these robotic parts uh, but when you went out into the world you were doing corporate espionage uh or corporate you know like wars more or less so it didn't matter you could just like waste anybody that was in your way to get to to accomplish your mission um but i had so many cool features and that's another one i have actually on grand old games but it, it, it's another one that plays like crap yeah, there's a new, there was a new version of it that came out recently too, um, and it's not, it's not as good. Um, I, I don't know if it was called Syndicate, but it wasn't. I bought it because I, it was supposed to be like the spiritual successor to Syndicate, and I was like, no, this isn't, no, this isn't as fun. But yeah, that was, and you, you controlled four at a time, like, they had like a male and female body type, you'd have kind of, hidden kind of component like weapons and stuff now did you ever play jagged alliance uh that no. was similar yes. but that was mer- you were mercenaries um and it was a very similar idea like so I, I i only ever played the first one which was the original Ch- uh, jagged alliance it was the same idea because i know they've tried to do that as well but it's it's again it's those top down controlling it's like you said it's a lot like XCOM. Yeah, is the one you were thinking of Satellite Rain? Yes, and that's yeah. no good because that's that's uh, I've heard of that before. I didn't put it on my wish list, but let's see how long how many hours did I play? I, I got twenty seven minutes. It says. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's not that's, <laughs> that's not, not much. That's no, just enough to say I, I spent some money on this, but I can't take any more. <laughs> yeah, well, it's one of those. Well, and you know that if I only spent 27 minutes on it, because <laughs> like me and Dave have hundreds of hours in most of the games we play, so that that one, yeah, that was, yeah. I don't. I'm trying to look to see what it got in terms of ratings. On uh, I can't. It's got 1,800 reviews and it's blue, mostly positive, but its most recent update is mixed, which is. And that's, that's, I purchased that three years ago almost too. That was December of 2015. I bought that game. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, that's good. You probably saved me because if I had found, I, th- I feel like I'd seen this before and I was skeptical and at some point I would have broken down. Now it won't. Yeah. Yeah. Because I, I think the Jagged Alliance, which was, that was another one that I played a ton of. They did a Kickstarter back in 2014 and I don't think I backed it because I, I think, it was one of those same things where I was like, eh, they didn't, they didn't bring back my syndicate the right way. I don't think they're going to bring my jagged alliance back, but that was, it was, it was awesome. You were, you were basically like a freelance mercenary group, um, fighting against like, but it was weird. There was like, it was like truck dealers or something. And 
I can't remember exactly what it was, but it was another one of those ones where you would lose characters and stuff too. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah, you, you got to get new weapons and yeah, I, I really like that, that style of game. That's why I think that's why I like XCOM so much. Yeah, yeah I'll stick with XCOM for now. <laughs> but yeah, Syndicate was on my list. Nice. That was one of my favorites. Yeah, that was all of mine. What, what else? I don't know who, Matt, do you have any others? No, I did that uh, online. Um, I want a cool version of Pitfall. Oh yeah, and I know Pitfall they re- well, and I know they did new ones. Like I think the most recent one was um, oh, I guess that was 1998. Like they did Pitfall Beyond the Jungle, like or like a uh, um, uh, Prince of Persia, something like that. Yeah, yeah, but I liked I, I liked that game because I could actually go the wrong way. Oh yeah. <laughs> like I could go the wrong way, so I had I had Pitfall on there. I had Ghosts and Goblins. I was I just actually um, was going to say like a Ghosts and Goblins type thing. Yeah, yeah but again, it's another one of those it's another one of those side scrollers. Yeah. Like I don't like. I'd like to see like uh, puzzle games like Adventures of Lolo or something like that. Oh, my wife loves Adventures of Lolo. Any of those type of games. Yeah. Uh, yeah, those could, cause I mean, you could, you could figure out a way to do that. You know what I mean? And, and sometimes just even doing them retro, but, you know, with a modern sensibility can work, cause, uh, uh, like Stardew Valley comes to mind. That's like a, that's like an 8-bit looking game that's, that's really deep and, and a lot of fun. You know, I mean, I mean, the problem with games these days, right, is everything has to be quick. You know what I mean? Like, it like the puzzle games we were just talking about. Like you have to sit there, look at the screen, and figure out how to get through this screen, right? It's not that instant action, jumping around, shooting stuff thing, which is what most people try and make these days. Yeah. Right. yeah. Hey, what was the game? I know we've talked about it before, but it was um, it's the one where you like get zorched into another dimension, and the black dog chases you. Out of this world. That's a great game. That's the same thing. That's like a puzzle game. Yeah. That. But they and they redid that, right? Like. Uh, they might have done updated graphics or something, but uh, there's there was a sequel. But I think was, was out of this world. Was was that was that um the one that had like it had really neat, smooth like graphics. Yeah. Like, as far as the how the character moved and stuff. Almost like that, uh like colored pencil sketches kind of. Yeah, thing. that's the one yeah. I'm thinking of. Like that yeah, that one. The, then there's one uh sorry called flashback. Black, flashback. Evan Blackthorn is another one like that. I love those games. Yeah. Those are great games, yeah. But again, it's like I was saying, you have to sit there and figure it out. You can't just not run around and shoot people. Yeah. I wonder if somebody sold – I'm always surprised when I go to Steam and a game's not on there, like out of this world. Well, you can check, like, Grand Old Games, too. They seem to they... – I think it is on Grand Old Games. Yeah, Grand Old Games is great. I really, I really Ooh, like it. Now that we said Grand Old Games, uh, Quest for Glory or King's Quest or Space Quest, any of those games, I love to see up new ones yeah. of those. Yeah, yeah. Love, love those ones. Quest for Glory, is that what you said? Yeah, I, you guys all have were gifted a copy of that. I was going to no, say, somebody, somebody bought that for me. I was just staring at it. <laughs> that was yes, me. That was Matt, like five years ago. <laughs> yeah. It was. It was a while ago. I played one of them. I played one of them. Uh, the first one? Mm, no, I think I skipped the first one. I think I, I, I think I went and looked and was like, all right, what are, what's people's favorites? And I, I think Number I played four. it. Number four. I think it was. Yeah. That's the one that's like Ravenloft. Yep, yep, I did. I played, I didn't play, I didn't finish it, but I, I played quite a bit. It was right right when you got it. I should go back to that, because I, I did like that. You should, oh, I would, I mean. Out of this world, by the way, is 
Another World 20th Anniversary Edition. It is on Steam Ooh, and nice. 10 bucks. So cool. if you're going to be gifting anything, Matt. <laughs> for your birthday coming up, Matt. Right, for my birthday, and if I'm going to gift anything to you. Video <laughs> Hobbit. You should, uh, you should play through the quest for because you can import your character from game to game. Yeah, which is cool. And the first one is like classic D and D. Um, the second one I would I would skip the second one because they did a like a point and click re-release of the first one, which is what you have. The second one they never did a re-release, so it's a typing one. So I would just skip okay. that one. Yeah, skip that. How come the second game in a lot of series sucks so bad? It it's a good it's a good crap. game, but it's it's since it's the old format, you have to do like you know hit enter to open up the dialogue box and say go left. And then Oh man, I'm looking back at like some of the graphics for some of these games that I thought were awesome. I'm like, oh my god, if you just like, all I need is just a, like a, a new skin on this game and I'll be fine. But that's where like, I look at a game like Out of This World, which I, I don't even know when it was originally released. 1991. It, it was on Super Nintendo, so yeah. Yeah, I was gonna say it was Super Nintendo Sega Genesis era, cause that's, that's where I played it. Yeah, but those games are like, I mean, yeah, they're so good. Some of them, like, and even the Castlevania ones, and like there are a couple that I look at, and they, they found a way to make the art work, you know. Yeah. All right. Did uh, Did anybody have others? No, but I, I think what it comes down to is there's a lot of properties out there that we like that that it's just it's trying to figure out how you turn those those properties into a, a modern game. Well, and and like you know everything that comes out now is a sports game or a first person shooter for the most part. Yeah. 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 Why don't you leisure shoot, Larry. <laughs> yeah, that's that's like the quest for glory games. Except trying to nail girls instead. <laughs> what was the other? What? There was another one I remember being a text-based one that, like, I didn't have a, uh, like, I had like a Commodore Vic Twenty or whatever, so I didn't have anything that could run games. I just remember at some point in like middle school or somebody said they were like there were whispers of this this game that was dirty. That was <laughs> leisure shoot, Larry. Le- no, leisure shoot, it, was, it was a different one. Is there? Um, Shoot. It's uh. All right, while he's thinking, Matt, do I want the VGA version or the EGA version? For Quest for Glory? Yeah, Default um, or Heroes Quest? You want VGA. Okay. That's the point and click one. Oh, then the first, when you go into that game, the first thing you gotta do is go in the options menu and turn the speed all the way up, or else you will walk very slowly throughout the whole game. That's okay. no fun. Alright, go ahead with your sex story. Well. <laughs> Let me see. Maybe I'm gonna look it up. And, um, well, I'm looking up. It, like, so I did games like Leisure Suit Larry. Their first result is 69 games like Leisure Suit Larry. <laughs> no, I didn't have the. I didn't have. I the, had. I had a Leisure Suit Larry game when I was like 15, and um, because I, I just I heard about it. I didn't. But all of this got stuck together. But no, no, no. But so I went to whatever it was, Babbage's back in the mall back when that was existed, <laughs> and uh. Like, I grabbed it, and my dad was with me, and the guy at the counter was like, can you buy this? Because it was 17 plus. My dad's like, I don't care. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. Um, oh, this is all, like, new games that are, it's not. Yeah. So the one I was thinking of, I had the name wrong, but I had part of it right. But anyway, the name is, uh, the, the game is Leather Goddesses of Phobos. Oh, all right. <laughs> it was an interactive fiction computer game, um, 1986, for the Amiga, Apple II, a whole bunch of Commodore 64. The game was Infocom's first, quote, sex farce, <laughs> and featured selectable naughtiness levels, ranging from lame to lewd. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. Never had those. I might have learned some things. 
Well, that's like, uh, did you ever play, uh, was it, is this the new one? Yeah, um, oh, Ma- do you remember Maniac Mansion? I love oh, that yeah. game. Yeah. Oh, that was such a good game. That's another point and click game. Yeah. But I like that. I didn't always like the point and click ones, but that yeah. one I did like. And that, and that varied depending on your character, like we. Yep, and what you did, like, there was a bunch of different endings. Right, yeah, because like some characters I could just never win the game with, like, because I, like, I would, it didn't make sense what they were supposed to do. Yeah, there were all kinds of different endings too. Oh, such a good game. <laughs> but I think they have done new ones like that. That's like, um, the, some of the story driven ones, like A Wolf Among Us, um, cool. Alright, well, uh, yeah, unless unless that's uh, anybody else has anything else to add, I think uh, I think that might wrap it up. With any more with the reminiscing? I was oh, just I could reminiscing. reminisce for yeah, I could reminisce yeah, for a while, a long time. Yeah, yeah, me too. I was just I was actually just thinking about uh, handing Matt his first ever loss in 40k. Um, that, was, that was that felt pretty good. <laughs> I, I think Matt was sick that night. That's all. Just wasn't feeling good. Oh, what is Base Quest. Did I play that? Yeah, I don't know. Oh, because there was a King's Quest. Oh, King's Quest. King's Quest, oh. Space Quest, Police Quest. Quest. Yeah. There's another one. And then Quest for Glory was the same. Quest for Glory is more humorous than the other ones. Space Quest. I remember these ones. Yeah. Space Quest. Yeah. Cool. All right. All right. Can, I was going to say, yeah, we, yeah, we, can keep, yeah. we can keep We're all going to go play old games now. <laughs> yep. That's the plan. Actually, I was thinking with my my new G.I. Joe wealth, I can actually grab that Battletech game that I've been looking at for a while but didn't pull the trigger on. So oh, I, I just got that recently. Yeah. I played that a little bit. The one on yeah. the new one? I, so yeah. I like it's um I like it because I can go back like I get the the, the story missions are a little a little tough and boring because you, you have to do certain story missions, but then there's a lot, like, it seems very open other than that. I haven't tried ignoring the story missions yet, but I've, I've got 60 hours into that game already. Like, oh, wow. yeah. It just seems, it, it's, like, I like the tactical combat XCOM style, and, and I love the Mech Warrior and Battletech universe, so I, I feel like I'll really like it. And I, I watched the trailer for it, and it just looks fun. Their last update did two really good things. One, you can hold down the space bar when the enemy is moving, so you don't have to, like, watch him get into position, because um, that could take a while sometimes, like, if, if he's moving, like, three or four mechs. Oh, yeah. Um, and then... When you get a new mech, it'll now show you what, like, they think the optimized loadout is for that. Oh, cool. A little better, so, because that was one of the problems that I was running into is I was like, well, I think that's a dumb loadout, and I would strip it down and then realize, oh, maybe it wasn't that dumb, like, (laughs) or just they, they try to give you a little bit more of that, more of that strategy. They made some good improvements on that last one, and again, it's one of those ones where I backed it, because I love Battletech, and then a, a big name publisher got on board too and said, "Hey, you know, we're, we think you got something here. We're gonna make, we're gonna help you make this a real game." Yeah, yeah, that's cool. Yeah, I'll probably end up, I'll probably end up grabbing that. So, all right. Well, I think we have uh, finished up in Thunderdome. I don't mean to be rude, but you should seek out like-minded people to embrace all aspects of your fandom. See your path. Stay on it. There are sights to be seen, wonders to embrace, and new friends you haven't met yet. 
Geek Nation Tours. Lord Vader. Yes, Admiral, what is it? We've intercepted a transmission. Would you like to listen to it? No. But my lord, it could contain information about the Rebel Alliance. No. My lord, I'm afraid the Emperor commands you listen to it. It's called Nerd Herders. No! Alright, this has been episode 118 of Nerd Herders. Thank you so much for joining us. And uh, we're gonna we're gonna say goodbye, and we'll be back again soon, hopefully. <laughs> Bless you. Oh, sorry, I thought I was muted. <laughs> oh, that's so funny, Matt, because I had just muted to sneeze too. <laughs> like, I was like, wait, was that me? <laughs> that's awesome. All right, that needs to stay in. Um, so uh, Matt apparently has to go take his allergy medicines. So we're gonna we're gonna wrap up. But um, anything else, guys? Anything? Uh, Anything else to say before we sign off? No, but if there's any kind of wealthy game designers, uh, computer game designers out there, you know, please, you know, take what we've told you tonight and, and make, make our dreams. Yeah, make yeah. our dreams a reality. We'll sell at least one copy. <laughs> yeah. So, well, all right. Well, thank you guys. Thank you to my co-hosts Andy, Matt, and Dave, as always, and thank you to editor Justin. He did not sit in on this one, so he's got a lot of work to do. But um, we. Uh, we appreciate you listening and being patient. I know our schedule hasn't been great over the last uh, year and a half, but, uh, but that's all right. We're gonna we'll we'll keep. But hey, it's it, free. It's free, and we'll make them whenever we whenever we can. And we've been trying to release some of the classic episodes as well that were predate the uh, Freebooters Network. So hopefully you're enjoying those as well. But um, thank you guys. Thanks, Ian. This is a fun topic. I liked it. Well, it was good to get back into video games. We hadn't talked about them in a little while, so I'm sure we'll we'll think of something else for next time. But uh, all right. Well, thank you, boys. Until then, let your geek flag fly. You've been listening to Nerd Herders, a part of the Freebooters Network. All song and movie clips are the property of their respective owners, and no challenge of ownership is implied. We use those clips because we're fans, so please don't sue us. Please check out our sponsor, Geek Nation Tours. You can find us on Twitter, at Nerd Herders Show, and on Facebook, under the Nerd Herders Podcast. You can also reach us by email at hosts at nerdherderspodcast.com. Special thank you to our editor and producer, Justin Steno-Alex. More game designers' feelings were hurt during the making of this episode.